Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Knock on doors of our hearts that when we were busy, when we weren't paying attention to before. And uh, he can begin to speak some things um, to us that, that can really um, ignite us for the next season, ignite us going forward. And that's why I believe, like, God himself rests on the seventh day, you know what I mean? To, to show us that example of those that are Christ-like, the ones that are representing Christ, that, there's that there has to be that area of rest so that we can hear from the Lord. And who knows that that's not always easy to do? Come on. I'll be the first one to admit that it's not easy to do. And, but you know why? It's because the flesh is restless. The flesh is restless, and the flesh wants what the flesh wants. <laughs> it just wants you to keep busy so that you can keep your eyes on what's natural and forget what's supernatural. But there is, there is, a, there is a, the Holy Spirit that is within us, that in each and every one of us, that is going to continue to knock until we say he's not, he won't invade our space. He will knock on the door of our hearts. Hey, remember, I'm right here. There's, that's why there's a reason of, of, of being silent. And I believe that, like, the Lord in, in silence, like, God speaks to our hearts. Because, because of the very fact that, like, he himself, when he speaks to us, a lot of times it's not like a booming voice, but it's like a still small voice by his spirit. Because he wants intimacy. He wants closeness with us. Um, and to be saying that, to be honest, it, it doesn't even go along with what my message is. I just really felt the Holy Spirit that this is for all of us right now. Like, the Lord wants to bring us into that place of not just, not just resting naturally, but supernaturally. Come on. Uh, so, tonight, guys, the, the, the title of my message tonight, the title of what I believe the Lord wants to say to us is, the, it's called The Offensive Battle. Okay, the offensive battle. Um, that's the title of this message. And it will all break down. Don't worry. It'll break down and it'll make sense at the end. But honestly, as I've been, as I've been reading a lot, actually lately through the book of Acts, I've been reading a lot through the book of Acts. And I can't seem to get away from it. And I've been like, and it's been something that's like <laughs> been on my heart. Like I've been reading it slowly, like super slowly. But I'm like, God, like, come on. Like I just want to like move on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? But in that, I keep, there's, there's more and more that I keep getting that I didn't even take in before. And so that's actually a challenge to some of you too, because like I was just saying, the flesh is restless. And so sometimes the flesh may get in the way of something that God wants to do in the spirit while you're in your word, because you're like, no, I just need to get done. I just need to get done. Because that's the way the world thinks. I just, I just need to get done. I just need to get done so I can mark it, put the check mark that's done. <laughs> when the Lord really wants a lot of times us to slow down because there's actually things, there's a word within the word that he wants to say. Because his word, it's a living word, right? So that means it's always speaking. It's always speaking. His word is always speaking. So if we could slow down, we would, we would begin, to, we begin to hear these things. And so this, this actually, this word came out of a, a place where I was just praying over our church and I was, I was praying, praying over our house and, and over each and every one of us. And, and the Lord interrupted me for a good, like, 20 minutes and just began to, to download this word about the battle, being prepared for battle and the offensive battle and what it means to live on the offense, you know? Um, because I feel like a lot of times we can actually live, we, we don't always live you know, on the offense. Who knows that, like, when you, when you think about sports, for instance, I'm just going to give an example of sports. Like, obviously, for myself, I play basketball. But you can put this into any sports context because most sports have defense and offense. And when you look at sports in and of itself, right, most of the time you'll realize, especially in sports like basketball, soccer, you know, hockey, all these sports, like, without defense, you don't win championships, which is important. But without offense, you don't score. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so they're both important. And so today I want to just, uh, we're going to go to Matthew 11, verse 12, to start off. This is the first verse. Got, got a few things for us today. But um, 
In Matthew 11, verse 12, it says this to us. It says, and from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Or another version says the kingdom has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And so what I want us to know, even just from this verse, that, that this kingdom even though within the kingdom we know there is peace, we know there is joy, we are in a kingdom that Jesus brought onto this earth that is at war against the kingdom of darkness on the earth. And so we must always be aware of the battle. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, are you aware of the battle? There is a battle and this battle that is taking place is violent. Come on, it's violent. Someone say with me, it's violent. Come on, I'm a, resp- I'm a response guy. So, you, know, I, you know, I'm driven off of your response. So if you respond tonight, you will get even more passion, even more fire. I might spit on Alan right here in the front row. So... <laughs> Oh, so yes, I just encourage you to respond tonight. But as we talk about this verse, uh, the kingdom of heaven has forcibly advancing. So the, the, who knows, we're, we're advancing. We're actually supposed to be, as the kingdom of God, we're supposed to be advancing. We're always supposed to be taking ground. If we're not advancing, we're do, something's wrong. Something is wrong if we're not advancing because it means that we're not listening to our king. I'm about, Come on. Our king has given us a mission here on the earth. He has said to us, go into all the world. All the world. That doesn't just mean your home with your nice dog and your beautiful garden and your beautiful husband or wife. That's not what we're talking about here. It says go into all the world. This is part of it, but there's more. It goes beyond. It goes further. We're supposed to go everywhere into all of the earth and preach the gospel. And as we know this, the kingdom advances as we listen to our king, as we're obedient to our king. But how can we know what our king wants when we're not with him? Sometimes, wow, wow, I just heard this in the spirit. Sometimes we can actually be so focused on the battle that we forget to go back to the one who gave it to us. We can actually be so focused on the battle of what we're facing in front of us that we've forgotten the one who actually gives us our orders of what to do in the midst of the battle. And there, there is strategy in intimacy. There is strategy in intimacy. That is why if you are not plugged into the vine, there's a reason why it says you'll be cut off if you're not connected to the vine. There is strategy in intimacy. There are things you will miss if you aren't close to the Father. You might be in, under attack right now. You might be in a battle right now. But if you, if you don't go to where the Father is and you try to do it in your flesh, your, re- your restless flesh, you will miss out because you're only going to know, you're only going to do what the world does. Oh, man. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I want to say this to us. There are giants that are violently opposed, that violently oppose the kingdom of God. There are giants in the land that oppose the kingdom of God. There are giants right now that oppose your children's identity. There are violence, there are giants right now that oppose your finances, that want you to live in debt, that want you to live in, in lack. There are giants in the land that want you to be struggling with mental illness for the rest of time. There are giants in the land. Come on. There are giants in the land. And if we, aren't, if we get so comfortable in our home base, then we don't realize that there are giants taking over the land. Then we are going to be left being like, what happened to what we were supposed to have? 
What happened to the inheritance of what God said that we're supposed to have? Because we are so focused sometimes on being comfortable. But there are giants in the land. And God today wants our eyes to be open. I believe there is an opening that is going to take place tonight for some of us. That God is going to open some of our eyes to begin to see the battle as it is. You see why that, you see why you keep having struggles at home in your family is because there's a giant that you haven't fought. And you've been fighting it in the natural. And you can't fight it in the natural. And so we are, we live, we are living in a spiritual battle. Come on, someone say with me, I live in a spiritual battle. So I'm going to just summarize for us. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to read through some of the story of David. Because as I was asking the Lord God, like, what, this, this message, to be honest, though it was very prophetic, I, I was getting pieces and parts of it all over the place. And I was like, I don't even know how this is all going to go together, Holy Spirit. Like, you got to bring this thing together. And uh, one, of the, one of the main parts that he used for me, what he, what he spoke to me to, to use, was actually the story of David. So we're going to go on the story of David and Goliath, and we're going to talk about that. Come on. Those of you that like nice uh, army uh, swords in medieval times, you know those people that like wars? And <laughs> I'm one of those people. I like wars. <laughs> I know I may not be as holy as you, but I like a good war, okay? I like watching history and finding, you know, all the, all the things, the person that gets their head chopped off, you know, all of that. It just intrigues me. I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. But going, as we talk here in, in 1 Samuel, we're going to go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 32 to 37, okay? And we're going to read a little bit. So let's start. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man for, of war for since his youth. So I just want to break down this story before we go any further. But pretty much, those of you that know the story of David, and those of you who don't, you're going to know more today. But the, David was a man who, who was actually, he was like a teenager, and and actually, he uh, was the youngest of all of his brothers, all of his siblings, and he worked as a shepherd, watching sheep. And so as he's, wa- he's watching sheep, and he's, his, brother, his brothers are the ones that are actually going to war. His brothers are the ones that are, you know, doing all the, all the fun stuff. But he's here, and he is watching sheep, and he gets told to bring food to his brothers as, as they are actually being intimidated by Goliath, who is a Philistine and who wants to take over, who wants to take over the people of Israel. And so that's, that's the context of what we're reading right now. And we're just going to break it down and we're going to go further. So, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it in the jaw, by the jaw, and the the club, and club it to death. Come on. Just love it. Club it to death. (laughs) I have done this both, both to lions and bears, and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine, or and some versions says the uncircumcised Philistine. Actually, most versions say that. And so the, if we think about that for a second, the, the uncircumcised Philistine, what that means is it's, it's one that is not in covenant with God, right? So there were giants. There were giants that there's a giant that David's about to face here that is not in covenant with God, that is intimidating the people of God. And he says... Let me remind you of what my God has done. <laughs> this is pretty, he's, he's actually saying here, hey, you're looking at me 
You're looking at, look, you're looking at what I look at, what I look like, where I come from, my age, my background, my experience, but what you're forgetting is the God that I serve that he doesn't. So there's a, there is a God that we serve that already we can testify of what he's done. We can already testify of the, of the miracles he's done in our lives, of the fact of where you were once before in darkness, and he drew you into his marvelous light. What a miracle that is. When I think about where I came from, now being, I think, almost 11 years saved, and I think about what the Lord has taken me from, and I think about the family abuse that I came from, and I think about the, all of the things that I had to battle through that God took me through. It brings me to a place where I can say and continue to say again, well, if he's done it before, he's going to do it again. Come on. So as we read here, we're going to continue. Pagan Philistine 2. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. See, the enemy wants to defile God's people. So it says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will also rescue me from this Philistine. See, he didn't say he might do it. He didn't say maybe, you know, maybe if I just, you know, do a little more, if I, you know, put in a little more work, I'll do it. No, he said he will rescue me from the Philistine. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead, he said. See, sometimes our faith, we need to use our faith to move the things in front of us that oppose the God that's in us. We need to use our faith. And he said, and may the Lord be with you. That's what, this is what Saul says to him. So God is preparing you. I want, I want to say this to us. God is preparing you for battle behind the scenes. You see, if you look at David and you look at his, his, his life and how he was very much so behind the scenes for, for, for a majority of his, you know, his, his life to this point, he was behind the scenes. He was the one that wasn't, he didn't, wasn't looking the strongest, you know, probably wasn't the most handsome, you know, but he was the one that was behind the scenes and allowing the Lord to work in him and the Lord to shape him and the Lord to mold him. And that came through challenges. That came through battles he had to face. He had to face a lion. I thought of that when I was reading this. I was like, a lion? Sometimes we just read that and we just say like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a lion and a bear. Just, just some lions and some bears. Like if you saw a lion and a bear right in front of you, you wouldn't pee your pants. <laughs> Like, there was, these, these are real situations. He faced a lion and a bear in front of him. And the God of heaven's armies fought with him. See, we, a lot of times we say the, the, the Lord fights for us, and that's true. But we actually co-labor with Christ. We co-labor with him, which means we fight with him. And that's why he wants to prepare us. Because we're supposed to look like him. But how do you expect to look like him if he's doing all the work? He wants to work with you. He wants to fight with you. He wants to be in the battle with you. And that's why he says, do this and I'll do this. Come on, there's always, there's always that step of faith which actually equals risk a lot of the time. And he'll tell you, do this and I'll back you up. Because he wants you to, he wants to know, are you operating out of the spirit of what you can't see? Or are you oper operating only out of what you can see? Because he trusts those that walk by his spirit. He has called us to walk by the spirit. Those that walk by the spirit of God are what? That means we, we are spirit-led people. We are people that, that live by the spirit. And, and if, we, if, we, if we decide, if we choose, and we position in our hearts like, God, I don't see it. 
but this is what you say. I don't see it, but this is who you are. God, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. That's the people that God is calling us to be. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to read this verse to us because this verse is going to um, back up what I just said. It's from Psalms 144, 1-2. We could just turn to that. It says this to us. It says, um, Psalms 144. If you have it, it's okay. If you don't have it, I'll just I'll pull it up here. Um, so it says this to us. It says, praise the Lord who is my rock. Turn to the person and tell him, he's your rock. He trains my hands for war. Do you hear that? He trains your hands for war. And gives my fingers skill for battle. He is my loving ally. My fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield. I take refuge in him. He makes the nation submit to me. I feel the spirit of the Lord on this. Sometimes we just need to, we need to speak it over ourselves. Because he has trained you for the battle. And sometimes you might, I love that this is a two-part, this is, there's two parts to this. It says what he does, but then David is actually declaring who he is because we know what he's done in us and what he's doing in you right now. But sometimes you need to begin to declare over yourself who he is in the midst of the battle, in the midst of it. And if you would declare who he is, that he is your loving ally, he's your fortress, he's your rescuer, he's your shield, he is your refuge, then when you go into the battle, you already know that you are already with the one who has defeated death and is fighting before you. And so when we look at this verse and when we break, when we allow God to break this verse down in our hearts, we know that he actually takes the situations and the challenges and the struggles to train us. See, sometimes people like to avoid the challenges and the struggles and the, and the things that seem hard because really, ultimately, they don't have a desire to strengthen their spirit. Because what you're doing, when you're going through a challenge and you fade away from it, you're just strengthening your flesh. But God wants to build our spirits today. Come on, somebody. God wants to build our spirits. He wants to build our spirits through every situation that we go through, through each and every situation that we would look at it with spiritual eyes. Like, God, what is it that you're doing in this? Why is this happening? But not just why is this happening, but what is it that you want to do in me through this situation? And so you can rely on the Lord to prepare you for battle. The Lord will, leave, will, the Lord will, leave, will never leave you unprepared. But sometimes we leave ourselves unequipped. In other words, what I'm saying is, God prepares us, he wants to prepare us, but sometimes we don't take up the weapons of our warfare. Sometimes we don't pick them up, but today we're gonna pick them up. This is a message, guys, today that is meant to empower us as believers. It's meant to empower us to begin to move forward, to, to walk forward and to begin to take ground. As you read this verse, you'll know that in the end of this verse, what it says is it says to us, it says, he makes nations submit to me. In other words, we are taking back the ground from the enemy and we are bringing it into the kingdom of light. We are making the enemy submit to God. Come on. We were not meant to cower. We were not meant to live in fear. We do not have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God wants us to take ground from the enemy. Come on, stay with me. I'm going to take it. 
I want you to say it one more time like you mean it. I'm going to take it. Come on, we're going to take the ground from the enemy. We're not just going to wait for somehow one day for it to fall into our hands because it won't. We're here to take it from the enemy. And that's why the Lord has us where he has us. You might ask him, God, why am I even here right now? Why am I in this job that I just truly, honestly hate? But I got to do it for your glory. Why? Because there's ground for you to take. There's ground for you to take. There's ground for you to take. It's, it's changing your mindset. It's changing the way you think. Let him transform the way that you think tonight. Let him transform the way that you see your job tonight. Let him transform the way that you see whatever that situation is that you have to battle with tonight. Let him transform it because I am telling you and I promise you that it will be, get exciting. It will get exciting because you're not serving them. You're serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when you recognize that, you go in, God, what do you want to do today? You come in with an expectation that the Lord is about to move something today. No matter how little or how big it is, there is movement happening in the kingdom. There is movement happening in the kingdom. See, when the enemy tries to intimidate you, remind yourself why he's defeated. Remind yourself. Bring back to your memory the word of God. Bring back to your memory the testimonies of Jesus that are the spirit of prophecy. Come on. When we testify, when we testify, we are literally saying, God, you did it before. Do it again. You did it then. You'll do it now. I'm prophesying. I'm going to testify. I'm going to tell them about what he did. And we can't stop doing that. I want us to, it's, come on, if our, our expectation equals kingdom results, which equals testimony, and the cycle just continues. And as we take ground, it encourages another believer that then begins to step in to the war and say, oh yeah, he did it. He did it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm here now too. Let's go. Come on, let's fight together. Come on, let's fight together. This is the church. This is the church. If we would testify of God's goodness, there is somebody right now that is here. There is somebody that, that, is, that is in the body of Christ that will also come alongside and be like, you know what? I was discouraged, but wow, what God is doing, showing me that he is alive. That he is alive. See, oh man, the world only, see, only thinks that he's dead because the church isn't moving. That's it. Because there is things that are happening. There is things that God wants to do in your community, in our community, in our sphere of influence, in our city. There's things that he wants to do that the world will then see and see, wow, maybe there's something about their God that I need to find out. Thank you, Jesus. The kingdom of heaven has always been a threat. It's always been a threat, and it will always be a threat. And if you are too afraid, if you are afraid for, it, for the kingdom of heaven, for you yourself to be a threat, then that just means you just need to get with the king some more. Because you'll know this, you know, he, Jesus literally says it himself, that as they hated me, they're going to hate you too. But... Take heart because I've overcome the world. You see, he, doesn't just, he never just leaves us. He doesn't just leave us there. Yeah, they're going to hate you. They're going to destroy you. Yeah, bye, so long. That's not what he does. He, he, he wants to come alongside you even in the midst of it. You know, I, I, look at, I look at Mustafa who shared a lot of stories with me of what God has done. And I think to myself, like, God, even in the midst of the struggles that he was going through, and even still, God has been in the midst with him. It's like when we turn our eyes to him, we take our eyes off of what we're seeing happen to us, 
and put our eyes on the one that wants to move in us and through us, the one that lives in us. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Like we just declared and we sung in that song. I believe even as we were singing that song, I felt in my spirit like there was some change. There was some change that the, the Lord wants to break on our mindset to remember that there is nothing too great that he cannot, he cannot break, he cannot overcome, he cannot heal, he cannot supply for, he cannot provide for. There is nothing too great that he cannot overcome. Thank you, Jesus. He's good. Are you guys receiving something tonight? Come on, he is good. He's so good. See, God's dream for a lost world is to advance his kingdom across the world. God created us to live on the offense. Everybody should be on the offense. See, and so now you know it's okay to be offensive. Okay. You live on the offense. Okay. As long as it's godly. Okay. As long as it's godly. God created us to live on the offense. And when we, we are created to take ground not just to protect what we have. Sometimes we can focus so much on what we, what we currently have, on the things that we have to protect. Oh, no. You know, there's, there's a world outside that doesn't quite like us that much. And sometimes like, we can be in a place where we think to ourselves, you know what? Okay, I've got to protect what I have. I need, to just, I need to just hunker down. I need to just, you know, protect everything from the world but we're supposed to go into the world. So how do we go into the world if we're protecting ourselves from it? See, if we're on the offense, you don't worry about, <laughs> you don't worry about what they have because you have something to give. You don't worry about what, what is being spoken to you because you have something to speak. You don't worry about what they're giving, what actions they're responding with because you have actions to give that are way more powerful. And that's why if you look even, I'm just reminded right now, I'm reminded of Moses. When Moses had, and, the, and, and, the, and the plagues and all the things to get the Israelites set free. If you look at, Moses wasn't afraid of what Pharaoh had. He tried to oppose a lot of the plagues with their own witchcraft. But every single one of them failed. And as you read, even if you, if you look into it, even in, in that time frame... God was literally dethroning their gods. And so we don't have to live afraid because God wants to dethrone the gods of this world. He wants to take out those giants. Thank you, Jesus. It's in him and through him that we fight. And I'm going to go, we're going to go, we're going to fast forward a little further into 1 Samuel 17. We're going to go to verse 45 here. Excuse me. And what I want to say even before we read this verse is, is David, even in the midst of this, you know, before, before he even, even says any of this, um, he's actually even confronted from his own brother, whose brother says, who do you think that you are? He says, who do you think that you are to him? And, 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 and in that story goes on that David continues to remind him of who his God is. And it's, it's, it's just a continued thing. You get attacked, it gets thrown at you. Who do you think you are? What do you think that that's actually going to change? You really think that that situation is going to change? You know, I'm, you're going to be in the same cycle. You're going to stay in the same place. That's, you're still going to be hopeless. But we have to remember the word of God. We have to remember who our God is. See, when we declare the word of God, it reminds us of who he is. And so David, David replies to a Philistine. The Philistine at this point is intimidating him, the, the, uh, the giant, Goliath. And he responds to me, he says, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. 
See, the enemy most of the time shows us his hand in the physical. <laughs> Sword, spear, and javelin. They look big. They look dangerous. They look scary in the physical. But what you see here is David already had a different point of view. He says, you come to me with this, but that's not what I see. I see the God of heaven's armies. The God of heaven's armies that you have defiled, he's going to fight for me. And so I, I believe that in every challenge, in every struggle, in everything that you might be going through, in all of the opposition that might be coming against you, that you can look and remind the enemy that you have the God of heaven's armies with you. He's preparing us, guys. He's preparing us to begin to live on the offense. The enemy, yeah, he most times shows his hand. But God shows his hand in the spirit. And I want to read this verse to us from 2 Corinthians 10, 4. If we could just pull that up. I don't know if we could get some music in the background. That'd be really nice. I don't know how it's possible. We don't have a keyboard player today, so. But if we do, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Thanks. But I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. It says to us, it says, we use, why don't we read this together? We'll read this together. All right, you guys ready? Three, two, one. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We use godly weapons. We use weapons that are not carnal, things that are not fleshly. And we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to train us how to respond. I feel as if it's something that he has to do in each and every one of us in this hour is to train us how to respond. Because sometimes we, we see a situation that goes, it's so contrary to who God is and immediately we have this response, but it really doesn't sound godly. Nor does it, does it really bear any fruitfulness in the kingdom. But we need to remember that when we are in a battle, we need to remind ourselves of how to fight, that we're gonna fight with godly weapons. We're gonna fight with the things that God has given us to fight with. And God wouldn't give you weapons if you weren't meant to use it. He gave you weapons for battle because he knew that you would face it. He, he, he prophesied it, he spoke it, he said that there would be trials and tribulations. He said, that things were going to come against us. He said all of these things. And, and that in of itself, it doesn't scare God. He doesn't scare God because he already knows. He already knows that what he's given us. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us everything to fight the battle. He's already prepared us. He's already given us the tools that if we would go and be with him, and go back to the king that we would be equipped for the next battle. And I'm telling you that what you might have fought the last battle with may not be what you fight the next battle with. That's why you must go back to the king. As if you don't back, go back to the king, you're not gonna know what you need for the next battle. And you might try to use the same things that you used before, but it won't work. And you might try to use somebody else's armor like David tried at first and it won't fit. And it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right because what God gave you to use is only for you to use. So Jesus, we just thank you for, we thank you, God, for what you've given us. We thank you, Father. We just look to you even right now, Lord. Even right now, Lord you would remind us of who we are and who we're called to be in this hour. Thank you, Jesus. Just staying on the offense 
is the position of the heart. We have to decide in our heart day after day to live on the offense. And I tell you right now, it's not always the easiest. Some days I'd rather just like not deal with anybody. <laughs> Some days I'd rather just like sit and just, you know, be okay and be comfortable with what God has already blessed me with. But we have to position in our hearts daily to live on the offense that we would look outside of ourselves and look, God, what is it that you want to do to advance your kingdom today? What is it that you would have me do? Because your life daily is a life of purpose. And if you're sitting here right now and you say to me, I don't know, I've forgotten, I've, I've lost my purpose, or I don't even know what my purpose is. I want you to turn your face to the king. Say, king, what would you have me do? Who do you see me as? What do you have for me? And he will reveal to you, he will reveal to you only what is true, only who he has called you to be, your identity. He will reveal to you what he has for you today and every day going forward as you come to him. See, which, instead, of saying, instead of saying, how can I protect myself? Ask how God can use you to bring the kingdom of light. Instead of saying, how can I protect myself, God? How can I shield myself? How can I secure myself? Ask God, how can I bring your kingdom to the world? You want to know why? Because you're already protected. You're already comforted. You have the comforter. He lives within you. You're already comforted. You're already protected. You're already secure. There's no need to try and figure out how to add to that. But all of that is for the battle. That you would allow him to be your all in all in everything. And then you will stop looking at, well, maybe I need a little more of this or maybe I just need to do a little more of this before I can do something for you, God. Maybe I just need to, no, 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 no. He's already... He already is all that you need. And he's called you into the battle. It's not a 20-step process. It's a two-step process. I just, forgive me, Lord. Use me, Lord. I repent, Lord. Use me, Lord. Forgive me for living for me. Use me to live for you. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's so simple. But it's hard to do it in our flesh. But it's a simple truth that we have access to just through coming to him. And so step into the battle with him. I challenge all of you to step into it with him. Whatever it is that you're facing today, whatever it is that you face this week, this month, this year, whatever it is that you might face, that you would step into the battle. And if you are ready, you don't have to get ready. Because you will be already prepared and equipped. And I tell you what, I think I said this, I said this to our youth one of our last messages of the year, school year, I said this to them. I said, you know, I've watched medieval time shows and movies, like I said, where the army, they, are, they have their shields in front of them. But they're not looking because, you know, there's, there's a verse where it talks about us having the full armor of God and the shield of faith, you know, for the arrows, the fiery darts of the enemy. And we sometimes we can focus so much on the darts that we forget to use our armor. Sometimes we could use, we, we use, our, we try to use all what we've, 
we, we, we forget to use it because we're so focused on the attacks that are coming. But God is saying if you would use it, then not only, see, it was not just used, it's not just used for defense, but it's actually, you put it up first. And, and you look in medieval time armies, the moment that, that, that they've attacked, they don't just stay there and wait. They move on the offense. They move on to the offense now. They take ground. They have their sword ready at hand. So you don't just have a shield. Come on, it, it might be nice. It might feel good to just have a shield, but you're not going to get rid of the enemy with just a shield. The enemy is still there with, your, with or without your shield, but with your sword. Your sword is used to take ground. It's the reason why we're called. There's a reason why we are to preach the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Because the word of God is the sword. This, we need the sword. And when we begin to use the sword, the enemy scatters. The enemy is defeated. He moves out of our way. So when the attack comes from the enemy, you should already be advancing. And God is calling each and every one of us today. Calling each and every one of us today to be ones that live on the offense. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to say this last thing. To live on the offense is to look for opportunities counter to counter attack the darkness in everyday life. We are to look for opportunities to counter the enemy. This is what it means to live on the offense. And so I want you to take this in. Where, where there is fear, bring faith. Where there is bad news, bring good news. Where there is sickness, pray for healing. Where there is doubt, bring hope. Where there is lies, bring truth. Where there is perversion, bring purity. See, we have everything to counterattack the enemy. There is nothing we don't have because the enemy always is just a counterfeit of what God has. We have everything to attack him in our everyday life. And so I challenge us, will we bring this with us, guys? Will we allow God to touch our hearts in such a way that we would look for the opportunities? And we only begin to look for the opportunities when we've been filled with love. Because when you're filled with love, you begin to see those that are under attack, that have been attacked, that are in bondage to the enemy. And you say, oh no, I can't see you stay that way. I can't see you continue to live that way. I'm coming in with the sword and the shield. I'm coming in and I'm ready to bring you home to your king that you would know the one that fights is fighting for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so there's three things I believe prophetically that the Lord has spoken to me that is for us as a church and it's for the church, but I believe also for our house as a church. And the first thing is there is a battle cry for the church that there were giants in the land and I believe the Lord is saying to us who will fight for me who will fight for me there are giants in the land but who will fight for me who is willing who is willing to fight for me and I want to tell you this today that it takes more than preachers for the kingdom to take over takes more than preachers for the kingdom to take over. If you think that those that are just myself and Greg and Aaron and Sheila and that it's just going to take like, that's not how it works. It takes the everyday believer 
The Bible says what? Those signs will follow those that what? It takes an everyday believer to say, I am going to fight the battle for the kingdom of God. I'm going to fight for the kingdom. It takes those that are in business and, and those that are teachers and, and those that work at the grocery store. It takes each and every person to bring the kingdom. And this is his cry for his church. Who will fight for me? Who will fight for me? And this has got to be your heart. And with this, I want, why don't we just all close our eyes, bow our heads. This has got to be your heart. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger? to this people who will go for us and I said here I am Lord send me and this is how the Lord wants to position our hearts as a church going forward that we would be those that would say here I am Lord Send me. Thank you, Jesus. And so I just want to make a call. And I believe this is a call of the Lord. As he's crying and he's asking, who shall I send? I want to make a call. There's a battle call of the Lord, for those that would say, here I am, Lord, send me. And if that's you tonight, I want you to run up here tonight. I want you to run up here tonight as you're running before the Lord, before his call, as he says, who will come and fight for me? Because there are those that are broken, that are desperate, that are dying, that need those that are part of the army of God that would say tonight, God, here I am. Here I am. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.